Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about the fastest mini-robots ever created, how Bigfoot sightings may help scientists study bear populations, and the link between financial stress and poor health. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. Scientists at Washington State University in Pullman, Washington, have developed two of the world's smallest and lightest known fully functional micro-robots. I don't know the whole story yet, but that so far sounds awesome. I know robotics have been advancing like crazy over the past decade or so, and I've read about how advances in AI are only going to speed up the pace of robotics development. But normally when I think about new robotic tech, I'm thinking of like humanoid butlers or fancy vacuums (laughs) or maybe like just those industrial robots on factory floors. I, I guess I don't often think of robots being tiny. Okay, but did you see Big Hero 6? It's of course, all about I saw that. Big Hero 6. Yeah, okay, okay, just checking. So that's actually one of the coolest things about this. Uh, these little guys are designed after insects. Uh, one is a mini bug, and the other is a tiny robotic water strider. The mini bug is about eight milligrams, or about the size of a couple of fat mosquitoes. And the water strider is a little heavier at 55 milligrams, but that's still only as heavy as a few grains of salt. That is pretty crazy. What do these robots do? Like, why do we need tiny robots? It's <laughs> a great question. There are actually quite a few uses for these little guys. In some cases, they could actually do the jobs of real insects, like pollinating, for example, or even environmental monitoring. Okay, got it. Yeah, I could imagine that if they're fitted with sensors, you could deploy thousands of them into a given area or habitat to gather data on things like air quality, maybe even biomarkers to detect certain plant and animal genes. Exactly. And imagine a natural disaster where the rubble is too dangerous or too expansive for rescue crews to sift through. Right. If you're on a search and rescue mission, you don't have time to just randomly start digging. But you can deploy these tiny bots to pinpoint where you'll find survivors. It's basically the thinking, yeah. Okay, so maybe a silly question. Tiny robots seem like a great idea, but it seems like they represent a pretty big engineering challenge. Honestly, they've been working on shrinking the size of robots for a long time. And yeah, there are huge challenges in creating something so small, not the least of which is power. Yeah. Where do you put the battery on something the size of three mosquitoes? That's one of the biggest innovations in this new tech. The robots use tiny actuators, uh, even less than a single milligram in weight. Uh, They're the smallest ever made. In the water strider, the actuators interact with alloys that use shape memory. When they're heated up ever so slightly, they change shape, and when they cool down, they remember their original shape and go back to it. That means there's no need for spinning motors or moving joints. So let me see if I understand this. The actuator uses heat to change the shape of the pieces, which causes them to move. 
The constant heating up and cooling down makes the water strider sort of flap its limbs, which pushes it along. Their little fins and feet can flap up to 40 times per second, and they've been found to be able to lift more than 150 times their own weight. Which sounds pretty similar to the the mini mite of the actual insects. Did you say that these are fast little robo-creatures? Well, uh, yeah. As fast as tiny micro-robots go, they are breaking records. They can move around 6 millimeters per second, which still doesn't quite compete with actual insects, but it's getting closer. The big takeaway here is that these researchers have figured out a way to shrink bots and use very minimal electricity or heat to get them to move. In many ways, while they are super high-tech, their systems are also super simple, uh, even less sophisticated than other microbots. And in this particular case, the simpler the better, right? Exactly. It means they are not only easy to build, but the next generation that could be even smaller could be right around the corner. Mm, I kind of want one. (laughs) For all of your artificial pollination needs. No, but I totally get it. Like, I want one on my desk. Imagine you're out camping in nature. You're surrounded by a beautiful lush forest. The sunshine is pouring through the tree canopy. But then something catches your eye through the trees. It's a figure. You reach for your phone to snap a picture, but before you can get to it, the figure is gone. (gasps) Bigfoot. Sasquatch. Yes, (laughs) there have been thousands of supposed Bigfoot sightings over the decades. And whether or not you believe that this larger-than-life mythical creature actually exists, there's been a bit of a snag in the story lately. More and more people are streaming into the forests, and just about every one of them is armed with high-resolution smartphone cameras. Okay, right. You'd think that if Sasquatch existed, with all those people carrying cameras, there would be some indisputable photograph proof once and for all. Exactly. But there's just not. So a researcher named Flo Foxen wanted to see if there could be another explanation for these sightings. I mean, sure, if the sightings are continuing and there's no hard proof that Bigfoot exists, then all those folks must be seeing something, right? Like a bear or something? And that's what Mr. Foxen thought. But how do you prove that? Once the sighting is over, there's no way to untangle exactly what the witness was looking at. All the evidence trudges back into the woods. But he had a thought. If at least some of these sightings were actually black bears, then there should be a correlation between high populations of black bears and the occurrence of Bigfoot reports. Okay, that's actually a great way to think around the problem. Instead of proving that each sighting is actually a black bear, you see if you can find the likelihood that it was just a black bear. It's not proof perfect, but it gets you closer. Yep, so Foxen dove into the data. He found a trove of data dating back to 2006 on black bear populations all across North America and combined that data with Bigfoot sightings from the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization With all that data, plus factoring in human populations and forested areas, what he found painted a pretty detailed picture. So I would guess that a correlation between Bigfoot sightings and high black bear populations would indicate that most likely those sightings were of bears. But if no correlation exists, then you might be able to rule black bears out. Is it like, am I on the right track? Absolutely, yes. So his data found that there's about one Bigfoot sighting for every 5,000 black bears in a given area. And with each additional 1,000 bears, the chances of a sighting being reported jumps by about 4%. So there is actually a correlation. That could be a game changer, right? And a little bit of a bummer to believers? Well, maybe. So yes, there is a correlation. That part, yes. But like I said, this doesn't prove that every sighting of Sasquatch was a black bear only that there tend to be more sightings where there are more black bears. 
And if you think about it, it makes sense. Blackberries aren't all just black. They can be a range of colors from golden brown to deep red. And they often stand upright to get a glimpse into the forest. So you see a creature standing there, and it's not black like you expect a black bear to be, so you might do a double take. Yep, but Foxen noted that Bigfoot sightings also occur even in states without any known bear population at all. Aha, so they could still exist. Sure. This correlation doesn't necessarily kill Bigfoot once and for all. If you're a believer, there's still hope. But one fascinating bonus of this study is that there could be a potential to use Bigfoot sightings as a proxy for tracking bear populations. I didn't actually think of that. If you could assume that someone claiming to have seen a Sasquatch actually saw a bear, it could be a win for wildlife conservation. So they've turned the hunt for crypto creatures into actual science. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. A new study published in the journal Brain, Behavior, and Immunity has found that stressful life events can have a pretty alarming negative impact on our health. I mean, that's interesting, but I'll say it's not altogether surprising. We've known for a long time that stress causes all kinds of negative outcomes, like inflammation and burnout, right? Absolutely. But this new study adds a couple of new insights that are rather alarming. So the first is that this new study found that not only are stressful life events bad for us, they actually affect the interactions between our immune, nervous, and endocrine systems. So what does that mean exactly? Well, okay, think about the three systems like three sections of an orchestra. When the conductor is doing her job really well, all of those systems play in beautiful harmony, right? But let's say the conductor suffers through some major life event, like divorce or the loss of a loved one. Those three sections of the orchestra can drop out of sync. Harmony is lost. Yeah, basically. So the study analyzed blood concentrations of four biomarkers in nearly 5,000 people over the age of 50 over time. The biomarkers included proteins and hormones involved in our usual stress response. The researchers categorized clusters of biomarker activity into three groups, low risk, moderate risk, and high risk. Got it. So the more biomarker activity our orchestra conductor is experiencing, the more chaotic and out of tune our orchestra plays. Exactly. And like you said, we've always known that stress can be hard on our health, but they found that exposure to stress actually increased the likelihood of being in the high-risk group by a whopping 61%. Oof, that's a bigger problem than I imagined. And each additional stressor raised the risk by nearly 20%. So if you're going through a few of these uh, life events, you really need to pay attention to your health. Yep. And one final eye-opening finding is that financial strain alone led to a nearly 60% higher chance of being in the high-risk group even four years after the stress happened. Turns out chronic stress disrupts the harmony of our immune systems and can lead to disease, and financial stress is especially harmful. Wow, it sounds like being stressed out is almost the same as being sick. Absolutely. The immune response is similar. The body creates inflammation when you're sick and when you're stressed. The big takeaway here is that we can now not only say that stress isn't good for our bodies, we can say exactly in what way it's bad. We can assess risk based on the kinds of stressors we face and possibly build up strategies to help keep us healthy even when times get tough. 
because we all go through tough times. The more we know about what's going on, the more we can be prepared. Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. Researchers have created the world's smallest and lightest micro-robots, a minibug and a water strider, which hold potential for revolutionary applications in fields like artificial pollination, search and rescue, and robotic surgery. A new study suggests that many Bigfoot sightings in North America could actually be misidentified black bears, with an increase in bear population closely correlating with more reported sightings of the mythical creature. Researchers have shown how life stressors, from financial woes to bereavement, orchestrate a discord in our body systems, significantly heightening the risk of health complications down the road. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.